The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more. SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race strips to the Porta Johns. It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. SlayRx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA food scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT21 for 10% off at their website. Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and Slay RX. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys and I'm a college professor. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a mom to three girls and I'm a CPA. And my name is Eric Hall. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Raleigh, North Carolina, the father to three uh, teenagers and the husband to a beautiful wife, Melissa. Awesome. I am super excited to be with y'all tonight. Uh, we were all talking before we came onto the podcast about how we all have multiple stresses in our lives right now, but this is like, like, like a highlight of the week for me. And so I am excited to be here with you and to talk about running and to talk about all the different things we're going to talk about today. Michelle, what's going on in your life? Um, so my round the horn is to talk about the new Hayward field, um, University of Oregon built a new stadium. It is track and field only. The Hayward premiere uh, was this past weekend. So this was kind of our first look into what's really probably the most historic track and field venue, uh, definitely in the United States, uh, iconic really throughout the world. Um, typically the Diamond League, you know, will stop there. We have uh, worlds coming uh, to Hayward Field. So Olympic trials going on this summer. And there's a YouTube video that was put out that 
it's only about six minutes long. And I mean, it's, if you look at the facility, it'll leave you speechless. I mean, I was <laughs> totally stunned. It's track only track dedicated, a track centric building. It was the only stadium I think that literally was not uh, compromised for multi-sports or anything. Um, the kind of the feedback is that it feels heroic to be there, but it also has this really intimate feel. It's, not perfectly symmetrical because it allows for as many people as the designers could get, you know, everyone wants to be at the finish line. Hmm. Um, it's a 365 day a year facility. So it looks like a regular, just open track and field stadium, but uh, there's everything from what they call lane 10 of the track, which runs underneath the bleachers. Uh, so they can run year round covered to underwater treadmills, all the anti-gravity machines, the, field events all have a designated cover area that have double height. So you can pull vault literally under the stadium. What? There's enough space, I should say, to pull vault. Um, and it has fun stuff also, like not just locker rooms and stuff, but they have a restaurant and a smoothie place and they even have a barber shop. So I would just, it was fun to watch a track meet go back there. It's gonna be super exciting to see USA's Olympic trials there this summer. And I think the YouTube video, I've never seen anything like it. Um, I mean, I've seen a, you know, a lot of college stadiums rebuild and we've seen the Olympic infrastructure when it was here in 1996 and, and other track and field stadiums that have been built, but it's never just for track and field. So right. this is just really spectacular. Okay. So, so I have a couple of things to say about it. I haven't watched the video yet. I didn't know about it until you just now mentioned it. So I think that sounds super cool. I'm excited to go back on YouTube and, and take a look. So they built it specifically for track and field. And that's cool for a variety of reasons. Not the least of which is that, that means that they can envision a use and then build the stadium for that use, right? As opposed to trying to take whatever stadium they were bequeathed by the football team or whatever space they have and as a result of, of being where they are and try and, and retrofit something into it, right? Yeah, no um, football players allowed. Right, which Ain't is no fantastic. no football here. <laughs> as, 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 as the guy who always had like the footballs kicked onto the track in the middle sure. of my workouts uh, every afternoon in the spring, uh, that is something I greatly appreciate. Now, given that though, they're building it specifically for the needs of track and field athletes and fans. Why a barbershop? I don't know. I was so surprised <laughs> to see that. It kind of makes me wonder if they're going to have, uh, you know, team bonding instead of some type of team bonding they all get the same haircut before a big <laughs> cross-country race or something it'll be really interesting i mean also who's going to be the barber in the university of oregon Hayward and is field? it is, is that going to be like a full-time job or is like the is the barber shop going to be open 365 days a year or you know i was also wondering is this something that uh division one athletic department can pay for for an athlete or will they have to pay for their own haircut and if they have to pay for it why would they choose that barber wouldn't they i don't know <laughs> and we have devolved so many questions most, we have devolved to the most pleasant haircut podcast absolutely so so the, the, these are the important questions that people want to know about the new hayward field second thing i wanted to point out about it what did they do with all the wood from the old bleachers at the old hayward field I think some of it was being turned into medals for people that are running a marathon. That's right. <laughs> you know what they did with the wood, George? <laughs> That's right. They have turned them into the finish line medals for the uh, the Eugene Marathon this year, uh, which, of course, we've talked about a few times that I'm signed up for that I'll be doing here in four weeks, uh, but it's now a virtual marathon, so I'll be doing it. I haven't spent nearly enough time thinking about where I'm actually going to be getting it done. It is almost certainly going to be doing laps around the – five to six mile loop on columns drive here in uh in in marietta georgia but some to look forward to and i will get my medal my piece of hayward field your wooden <laughs> metal you got it <laughs> so metal m-e-d-a-l yes Eric, play on words play on yes. words george um uh, eric what you up to man so this is the final week leading up to uh, the Southern Tour Ultra 50 miler in Wilmington, South Carolina this weekend. Cool. So Grace, Melissa, and I are all uh, to attend the race. Uh, we're leaving here Friday and the race starts early Saturday morning. Uh, really excited about it. We, 
Grace and I had a ton of fun running it last year. It's a little different this year because last year it was run in January, uh, the first first or second week of January, and this week it's or this year it's being run in April. <laughs> so it's about the start line temperature is going to be about 50 or more degrees higher. Right, right. Um, so the, the foliage is going to be different. Um, the, the water is going to be different. There's actually a section where you run out into the sound. Um, you're actually running on the, the oyster shells and uh, the, he, he actually posts a small uh, deer camera, you know, wa- wildlife camera out there so he can make sure you actually do the laps. Mm-hmm. Shoes are best um, for running on oyster shells. We're going to find out, you know, so that that's a big deal. Um, last year. Uh, the deviate uh, nitro, duh. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Doesn't seem likely. Uh, last year, I wore a pair of hokas for the entire race. Um, Grace wore two pairs of hokas, I believe, for the race, and they worked out really well. This year, I will, I will, I have decided to be sporting my on cloud ultras for at least a portion of the race. Um, if it ends up being really wet, uh, I may, may try out the Solomons. We'll see, but I'm bringing a few pairs of shoes because if it's really hot and packed, then you can run a road shoe on this course. It's, it's not, it's not bad, but if it gets even just a little bit wet, it can be really messy, sloppy. And although you're not going to keep your feet dry, I, I don't ever try to keep your feet dry. You can try to keep some of that mud and dirt out of your shoes with a good trail shoe. So so I'm bringing a, a good number of shoes down there, but the cloud ultras cool, will make an appearance. So cool, yeah, man. this week's about setting up for that. Today I went to the store and bought our, our supplies, our food and drink supplies. And Grace and I have been talking about it. And this is week, this week's runs have all been taper runs and lots of stretching and just a little bit of stride running and stuff like that. So yeah, we're excited. Awesome. Is Melissa going to be crew? No, Melissa is entered in the 50 miler. That's what I was hoping you would say. Awesome. Very cool. Um, she, she is, you know, admittedly, she has the least amount of recent miles on her legs, but she does have a lot of, you know, I don't know, latent uh, mileage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so miles in the bank. She, miles in the bank. Yeah. So, and she probably is the most uh, determined person, you know, mm-hmm. once she gets out there. So, Cool. Uh, she made a mistake during the, the 12 hour run we did where she finished, she ran 39 miles. She lost track of it. And at the end she realized she one more mile and she would have had 40 miles. <laughs> <laughs> and we still hear about that. That was a year ago, September. Um, so, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. I think she's going to do really well. I think all of us are going to do really well. So it'll be fun. Oh, and regardless, it'll be fun. And, and, and we're all, we're all going to hear about it next week on the podcast. You're going to come back. And if possible, you're even going to record some audio during the race. And we're going to actually get to hear on the podcast from you in situ, right? That's the goal. That's the goal. You know, it's not like I shouldn't be running to the point where I can't talk or breathe or anything like that. Cause it is a 50 miler. Um, so, uh, the goal will be to, to do at least one, one sound bite one one during the race cool man. while in motion and so and so speaking of goals what is the goal do you do you, do you all have a goal all three of you so i'm hesitant to throw a time down sure. right now uh, i do have a pace goal in mind uh, i want to i want to start a little under nine minute miles and see how that goes uh that could go one of two ways i could feel really good and i could actually keep that you know i i I could run on the 845 nine minute range uh that could go really poorly with the heat and not being totally acclimated to it yet because we've really had a change in temperature and looking at the weather in wilmington we're going to be in the high 70s 80s so but it is a fairly shaded course um you're down there on the coast so it's literally like right on the coast so it's not like we're we're um you know, where it's a little more, you know, humid and stale. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I've never run down there at this time of year. So, you know, last year it was in January. So awesome. Very good. Very good. Uh, Public service announcement to everybody who listens to the podcast, something that I've said to uh, several of my athletes over the course of the past week or so, uh, and I'm saying it to Michelle right now, um, is that, uh, that a lot of people, I think this time of year in the South kind of sneaks up on them. And almost everybody has some workout in April or May 
where it's like, oh yeah, I forgot that I have to start hydrating again. Cause we like fall out of those habits, not only like during runs and during rides and during workouts and races. Um, but even throughout the course of the day, we just get out of the habit of drinking water and remaining hydrated and all that sort of thing. And I think almost all of us have at least one time in April or May where we have some miserable run because it was so hot and we got dehydrated. So if you're trying to be hydrated and making sure you're staying hydrated, don't forget about our friends at Slayer oh. X. You need to make sure that, uh, that you're staying hydrated as the weather is getting warmer and they can help you out not only with all the different formulas, but of course with a sweat test, if that's something that you need to get a better handle on. Uh, I actually made the opposite mistake this week. You did? I underdressed because I thought <laughs> that it was going to be warmer than it was and I couldn't warm up enough to actually do the workout. Wait, was, but you probably I love that though. You like time. it when it's colder. I do, but I, that's what was so shocking about it. I was, yeah. I was frozen. Yeah. Um, so I'm more anticipating the, I'm hydrated and ready to go for the warmer weather for whatever reason. <laughs> awesome. I am going to be running outside tomorrow for the first time in two weeks. I was looking at my, uh, at my, my, uh, training log just the other day. And I was like, I haven't actually run or ridden or done any workout outside of the exercise room in my house since March 23rd. Highly uh, recommend some Zyrtec when you wake up. So, so thank you for the tip. The pollen uh, is pretty horrific. So I can imagine. <laughs> um, so, and with that, I might even decide to forgo that and, and stay on the treadmill tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> so we'll go. see. We'll see. Um, um, but yeah, no, the, uh, the best bike race of the weekend was this past weekend, or at least my favorite bike race of the year was this past weekend, the Tour of Flanders. Um, it was won by Casper Askerin, the current, current Danish road champion uh, from, uh, from Quickstep. Um, and second place is the person who's widely considered to be the best cyclist in the world right now, but he didn't finish second place this past weekend, uh, a guy named Matthew Vanderpool, but enjoyed watching that and, uh, and traded a lot of messages with Justin and Justin, our two cycling guys, um, during the course of that race, we're going to be bringing them on here sometime over the course of the next couple of months here to talk about cycling, um, pair Roubaix, which was supposed to be this weekend is always the weekend after the tour of Flanders was actually put off until October because of the surging coronavirus numbers in France. And so the classic seasons, all the one day races that are a big part of spring and cycling came to an end this past weekend with, like I said, my favorite race, the tour of Flanders. And so that means we now turn our eyes to grand tour season, the tour of Italy, the tour de France, and of course the, uh, the Volta España. Uh, so looking forward to those now as well. Speaking of cycling, speaking of ultra stuff, Eric, let's encourage everybody who's listening to go to a newly minted website, teammilkandcookies.com teammilkandcookies.com exactly how it sounds exactly the way it spells it is a team that both eric and i are part of um so we have a friend and fraternity brother who has talked us into the race across america 2022 on a four-person team um and so eric will be a writer and our friend brian will be a writer our friend lee who a friend of the podcast who's been on here before talking about the blue ridge relay will be a writer and i will be a crew chief and coach um, and so, so, uh, by all means, check out the new website there, um, and look at the charity that we are going to be working with called special love. That's all about, uh, providing unique opportunities for kids with cancer and, uh, and offer your support there. But we'll probably be talking about this several more times over the course of the next little while. Uh, but it's an idea that's just barely getting off the ground since we're not talking about, uh, actually doing it until the summer of 2022. Eric, I know you got other things to think about with a 50 mile this weekend and everything, but you're excited about this whole cross country bike race thing that we're looking at in about a year and a half. Gee, put me on the spot there, George. <laughs> I think this is, a, you know, we, Brian probably coined it best by saying like we got together uh, initially for the Blue Ridge relay and for the 10 by 5k and, and whatnot. Um, to do these kind of epic adventures together. I think this would be the most epic. I think this is uh, definitely physically demanding beyond what we have done, mentally demanding beyond what we have done. And I think it would give us even more time to hang out together, which is, you know, it's fun. Um, I, I think that the, you know, if I'm completely honest, like this is a totally different endeavor from anything we've ever done before, For because sure. we're talking you know, 10, 15 people 
to support this effort and you're you know now we're traveling across the country we're not traveling to the blue ridge mountains of north right. carolina right yeah so More than three thousand miles from start to finish yeah exactly so it's, it's going to be i think it's going to be pretty phenomenal for sure. For sure. Uh, Michelle is already on the site. She is checking out the different sponsorship levels in order to determine whether she's going to be a yellow jersey sponsor or a torque rich sponsor. Um, of course, all of which are welcome. But um, we'll be talking about this a whole lot more over the course of the next little while here. One more kind of quick thing to mention here before we talk about a couple of other things we're going to talk about. Michelle, remind us of the book we're reading this quarter. Uh, we have picked the book Bravey by Alexi Pappas. I ordered mine from a local bookstore in the Toco Hill Shopping Center. They called yesterday right when they were closing to say that it was in stock and ready for me to pick up. So I'm excited about that. I think Eric already has his copy and I think he started it. That is and correct. I'm well into it. Everybody should pick up their own copy and give it a read. So I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to it. I'm a little nervous. It's pretty heavy. Um, but yeah, it's out there, wherever you get your books or Kindle, audiobook. Very cool. Things. Very cool. Looking forward to it myself. If you want to hear us talk a little bit more about what it's all about, check out our podcast from last week, of course, if you haven't already. But uh, mine is on the way. I haven't yet started reading it, but I am very much looking forward to it here. Um, all right. Um, let's talk about a couple other kind of things. Uh, the run, something we didn't talk about last week. Eric. Tell us about your uh, your your most recent run that was meaningful, memorable, or otherwise fantastic. It was interesting. You, you opened the podcast by saying that before it, we were sort of uh, complaining about our days. And I would say that, you know, without getting into details, this has been a pretty rough season for me. And uh, a, a lot of times uh, – people might see on Strava, I'd say not a lot, every once in a while, they'll see my title being angry run <laughs> <laughs> or frustration run. And it's one of those times where I just had to get out and it didn't matter where I was going or, or what I was wearing or anything. I just put on the shoes, got out there. And I typically means I went a whole lot faster than I, I planned on going or than I should have gone for that day. Or maybe it was exactly what I needed. So um, yesterday I, I strapped on my shoes over lunch. It was, I was kind of frustrated and I, I got out the door and I was, you know, when you're, when you're frustrated, at least when I'm frustrated, I can hear it in my steps. It's more of a stomping than a floating <laughs> over the, over the road. Not that I ever really float over the road, but I can, I could definitely like feel it. And I, I intentionally had put my headphones on or I, I wear after aftershocks but i i was and I, I hadn't got the music running and i got up to a stoplight it's like the only stoplight i see on the run i was going on and i got it started and i got across the stoplight and things started to mellow out um i noticed just how warm and sunny it was it was just it was like in, it was in the uh, low 80s uh, high 70s and then there was a nice little breeze there weren't many cars out there and the music started to play and there was a point at which I just started smiling <laughs> and it, it had nothing to do. Like I said, with what I was wearing, I just had a, you know, a pair of REI shorts on or something. And I had a, and I had my, I had my new ultra Rivera's on, which didn't have anything. I mean, they're nothing really special, honestly, Not but at all. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just started smiling and I couldn't stop. And I had a feeling people, you know, like a car would pass by and I'm like, I'll bet they think I just heard a funny joke. Or like I was listening to something that was funny, like a podcast, but I wasn't, I was, I, I it was actually an instrumental weren't any words, but I was just really happy to be out there running. It kind of cool. felt like freeing. And you know, that I'd say that happens to me like twice a year, maybe. So when it happened yesterday, you know, a lot of times when I'm running because of George, not giving kudos, unless you put a name on a run, I always <laughs> name my runs. <laughs> So I get into this thing every once in a while where I'm like, how am I going to name this run? Like, what am I going to say to get George's attention? <laughs> like, it's all about the kudo for George. And I'm like, I'm going to call this, you know, happy run or something like that. And I'm like, no, that's stupid. Yeah. You know, I think I, I don't even remember what I called it now, but it, there was, <laughs> there was literally like a, a three minute period of the run where, you know, I was smiling unabashedly as I was jogging down the road and it just, 
I don't know. I felt like a kid running. I felt like a high school kid running down the road where everything was possible. And I felt, you know, and also I was thinking about this weekend and it just felt good. And I was like, Oh man, this, this is what I needed. So that's the run five and a quarter mile run. You know, I came back totally reset and ready to jump back into work and my life and get going again. Very cool, man. I'm glad to hear that. I, uh, you know, Rob DeCostella was a, was a runner from Australia and an Olympian. Um, and at one point I think, uh, held the world record of the marathon in the uh, late seventies or early eighties. Um, but I remember a quotation from him was, um, running is 90% slog and dredge and about 10% fun and glory, much like life. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, uh, I, I think about that every now and then, and, and sometimes I, I disagree with it, and sometimes I agree with it, and sometimes it definitely seems like it's more than 90%, sometimes less, both in life and in running. Um, but I definitely think that um, one of the reasons why we continue to do what it is we do, despite the fact that we get injured, despite the fact that sometimes we get too cold or too dehydrated, sometimes we're miserable or lonely or, or, or tired or whatever it happens to be, is for those runs when everything just kind of comes together and you're like, wow, this is, this is wonderful. And this is why I do this. Um, I think there's definitely more bad runs than good runs, or at least more kind of awful ones than than wonderful ones. Um, (laughs) But boy, those wonderful ones sure are wonderful, aren't they? Um, For sure. Um, On the, uh, on the point of Strava, by the way, I just started following a guy named Hela Sidibe. Um, and Hela Sidibe is currently running across the United States. He's running about 35 miles a day. Um, he's a vegan guy. He's actually fairly new to running. He only started running a few years ago. Um, and let's see, if I look at today's activity, he was in Colfax County, New Mexico. Um, and he's putting it all up on Strava. So, of course, you can uh, follow along with what's going on with him. Um, today, he ran 38.42 miles at a little bit under 12-minute pace. Um, and it's funny because... For one thing, he's running across the United States. So that's definitely kudos worthy. For another thing, he runs 38 and a half miles at a time. Well, that's definitely kudos worthy, right? And then for a third thing, in every single one of his Strava posts, he, he writes a nice little synopsis. Like today it said, day 38. There was a lot of headwind today, which made my run a little tough, but I still enjoy being out in the sun and warmer weather. Still very hilly toward the end of Mexico, but the elevation is dropping, which is a win. I should be in Oklahoma on Friday. I hope you all had a beautiful day and a great run. You know, super positive. I appreciate that. I really like it. However, he is not changing the default name of his runs on Strava. So in other words, this whole thing was called morning run. (laughs) And I am so conflicted. (laughs) <laughs> i'm also conflicted as to the fact that you told us all of that and you seem to be interested in the strava and you're following him but he's not naming his run so this is like the antithesis of what you want out of strava no no no, no this no, is no, no, this no. is exactly so so you just put you just hit the nail on the head michelle this is exactly the problem is that he's doing all this stuff and i'm getting all this stuff out of it right but he's not renaming his runs but i but i can't in good conscience give him kudos because he's not changing the name of his runs what if you like focused on self-growth and just gave the kudos for, <laughs> and, and just processed I thought you were talking about my own self-growth. Yes, I was like, thanks, I am talking about Why don't you focus on self-growth and not worry so much about other give people's Give the guy kudos name? and sit with that and internalize it and see if you can just step away from this manifesto you have of, I cannot give somebody kudos on Strava if they don't rename the run. Because you're enjoying his Strava. All right. All right. Enough about Hela Sidibe, but we do want to wish him very good luck as he continues on. Like you said, he's going to be in Oklahoma come Friday. Um, let's do a couple other kind of quick hits on news or circling back around to things we've talked about lately. Uh, Michelle, didn't you say there's news about Des Linden's 50K record attempt? Yeah, Brooks announced today that it's going to go down next week. Uh, we don't know exactly when. We don't know exactly where, although it's rumored to be in Oregon. Um, and there will be a potentially a marathon being run at the same time. Um, and I guess we will wait to hear more specifically, but we don't have to wait till the middle really, or even the end of April, cause it's going to happen next week. So, so I'm when they excited. say next week, do they mean like, when do they mean next week? Like during the middle of the week or is it going to be, what are we talking here? Yeah. I mean, they didn't give much information. They just said it's uh, happening next week. So All right. what they, do you think? They... Middle of the week? 
I don't know. I, I mean, know. it seems like it would be middle of the week. So, so totally the reason why I suddenly latched onto it when you said in a week is because like we were talking about just a little while ago, the Eugene marathon was originally supposed to be on the 24th of April. And so, and then you said that they're going to be having potentially some other event kind of alongside it at the same time. I didn't know if maybe they're working in conjunction. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's gotta be, you know, there's, there has to be at least three finishers in order for whatever she runs to be ratified if it is a world record. So there's going to be other runners there. She's got pacers. There's people supposedly running the marathon. Um, but I guess Brooks feels like Brooks will give a little bit more information, hype it up kind of every day. So. I'm excited to see her attempt that. Me too. Me too. And is, are they going to be broadcasting it or filming it or anything like that? So we don't have any information, but I was listening to a Patreon only podcast today, uh, Billy Yang and Mario Frioli. And he said that he was going, you know, uh, to film some, in my mind, I think my prediction is that Billy Yang will be on site for producing a film about, Des's attempt at the 50k world record. I guess we'll see if this is, you know, his mystery trip that he's road tripping to next week. Um, soon enough, I guess. So, but yeah, they've kept this really, really quiet. The only thing that we know for sure is that Des is super fit, and she needs about six minute pace over 50k to break the world record. And she's actually planning on going out right around 5:55 down to 5:50 and hoping to pick it up. <laughs> Uh, the last 10k or so so it should be very interesting. cool very cool so yeah that's it and that's about all the preview we can give because they've been purposely secretive about it in order to try and keep it safe to try and keep crowds away and all that sort of thing and so yeah i mean we don't so, even know what shoes she's wearing so, so. <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> she didn't tell us yet yeah yeah come on Throw us a bone here, Des. Um, and then Atlanta Track Club. We're always looking for reasons to brag about the Atlanta Track Club, particularly lately. And so they had some good news lately, didn't they, Michelle? Yeah, they hosted a home track meet this weekend. And Allie Wilson came out and ran a huge PR in the 800 meters. Uh, she's right at two flat. And that personal best uh, qualifies her for the Olympic trials uh, with room to spare, really. And I think, you know, it's always great to see, I mean, the whole idea of bringing uh, Andrew Bagley and Amy Yoder Bagley to Atlanta Track Club several years ago was to create a professional running group and to put people on the Olympic teams. And obviously sometimes the hardest part of that is just getting people that starting spot uh, at the Olympic trials. So, mm. you know, kudos to Atlanta Track Club. Uh, I think Andrew writes the workouts, Amy runs the workouts. I don't know exactly how it works for the 800 meter runners actually, but Allie Wilson, uh, going to the Olympic trials to represent the ATC. So that was pretty exciting. Very cool. Very cool. And then final quick hit on the news we're going to talk about is a new race series that's being put on in the neck of the woods that you dream about. I don't know how better to say that. I mean, this is a little bit south, <laughs> a lot south of the neck of, of the woods uh, that okay. I dream about. But yeah, there's a new race put on by uh, Leadville Race series basically it's not actually part of the Leadville race series but it's called the rad dirt fest and george actually put it on my radar this week but i thought it was really interesting it's uh super south colorado but it's a combination it's got three different bike course options 165 90 and 38 miles and then for people who want to go and run uh, you can run either a 50k or a half marathon option it's down in trinidad colorado which is super southern colorado it's probably in the spanish peak area i would assume and it's really tempting. Registration opens in six days on April 13th. It's just, it wouldn't really be doable if I got into Boston uh, and I'd probably run Boston this year over this. So hmm. debating on whether to sign up because I'm afraid it's going to sell out, hmm. but I guess I have a few more days to decide. So you have a few more days to decide. If you want to run and you have a friend that wants to ride and you want to go to Southern California in the fall, Southern Colorado. Colorado. There we go. This looks right like on. a cool race. So very cool very cool all sorts of interesting stuff all right and then one last piece of news that i want to mention and we'll spend a little bit more time with this one perhaps and that's to talk about beth potter um and it was funny because because about six people told me what beth potter did all at the same time i heard from michelle and i saw it on facebook and i got a message from justin dugan and just like person after person after person were all telling me at one time here um and so so um Let's talk real quickly about who she is. She's a triathlete 
which seems a little bit strange to say, but she's a triathlete from the United Kingdom. She actually is from Scotland. She competed in the 2016 Olympics in the 10,000 meters for Great Britain. Um, after the 2016 Olympics, she had been a runner for a long time. She had gone to university as a runner and all that sort of thing. Um, she announced that she was going to give up running and instead switch over to triathlon. So she kind of did like a reverse Gwen Jorgensen, if you will, rather than switching from triathlon after the Olympics to the uh, to to the to running, uh, she decided to switch from running over to triathlon. The difference is is that she wasn't nearly as accomplished in running as Gwen Jorgensen was. Um, she finished 34th in the 10,000 meters at the Olympic Games in 2016, and was about four minutes down on the winner of the 10,000 meters. Now, granted, that was a world record at the time; it was the fastest. Uh, uh, 10,000 meters ever run, but nonetheless, um, she, uh, she ended up deciding to go over to, to triathlon. Um, she right about that same time, she had been a teacher, a physics teacher. Um, and she decided to give that up in order to train full time. She joined a training group that included Alistair and Jonathan Brownlee, um, and immediately started having some success as a triathlete. She actually grew up as a swimmer, um, which is one of the biggest challenges for those of us who grew up running. Um, but she already knew how to do that. And she added the bike in and continued to work on a run um, and she's become a pretty keen triathlete here her goal was to compete in the 2020 olympic games as a triathlete she wasn't selected for that team when they actually chose it back in december 2019 but they might be thinking about that once again now two weeks ago she was actually in the news in the triathlete world because she won what's called the super league triathlon arena games um, which was this super interesting and, and very innovative format they put together for a bunch of British triathletes where they did three triathlons essentially in a row. They, it was like a nine leg triathlon. Um, so, so they swam three times, they ran three times and they biked three times, but they didn't do them in the, that order the same time. They went swim, run, bike, run, bike, swim, bike, swim, run. Um, and they put all the swims in this big, giant Olympic sized uh, pool um, in, in Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in London. Um, and then they did all of the bike and all the run entirely on Zwift. Um, and she won that a couple of weeks ago, um, beating such people as Lucy Charles. Um, and that was based in large part on the strength of her run. Well, all of that is a prelude to saying that this past weekend on Saturday, uh, this past Saturday night, she went out and went to a competitive, I wouldn't say a local 5K, but she went to, to a competitive 5K called the Podium 5K in Bereford and Lancashire um, in Great Britain. Um, and she ran 1441 for 5K on the road. Um, now, to be clear, that's two seconds faster than the current road 5K best by Beatrice uh, Chepkowicz. Um, and it's 10 seconds faster than Paula Radcliffe's road 5K record for Great Britain. She effectively ran a world best in the 5K when she really has not been training solely as a runner over the course of the past several years. So her PR going into this was actually 1524. She said she was aiming for 1515. Afterwards, she said, I was shell-shocked, to be honest. I thought 1515 would be a really good run for me because I've been focusing on other parts of training this year. Um, she said at one point she crossed the finish line and for an instant she thought the clock was broken um, because she had run 1441 so much faster than she thought she was going to be to, to run. Um, so two other kind of quick prologues about it. One or, or epilogues about it. One, she was wearing the new ASICS Metaspeed Sky that Eric and I and Michelle all talked about last week. So one of the new plated shoes from ASICS, she was actually wearing those. And so pretty good weekend for them. Um, and then secondly, it's probably not going to count. Um, she is filed an appeal to try and have it count. It's probably not even going to count for the national record. As a matter of fact, there was not a drug tester at the finish line um, because this was, like I said, just like one step up from a local 5k. And so they didn't realize they were going to have to drug test somebody at the finish line. Um, and normally in order to have a record ratified, uh, you have to have a pretty immediate drug test. And then secondly, the timer, the person who was in charge of doing the timing for the entire event was not uh, nationally certified. Uh, you have to have a certain grade of certification. Um, in all, nobody, including her, expected her to be able to do this. Um, so the question we now ask about Beth Potter then, and Michelle, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Why not go back to the track? Why is she trying? Why is what she a triathlete? What are we doing in triathlon, Beth? <laughs> like, this is... I mean, 
this is a world-class time. She could, yeah. you know, maybe 10K just wasn't her thing. I mean, I would love to see her get on a track and time trial a 5K. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think she is appealing the selection to the triathlon team, isn't she? So she is, but she doesn't have high hopes about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, because because um, yeah, they selected the tri the Brit the 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 British Triathlon Federation, whatever it's called, selected their triathlon team for Tokyo 2020 at the end of 2019. Yeah. So it's kind of outdated now. I feel um, like British selections are just always problematic. So do they have a track trials? So they do, and she's playing. And she's thinking about running it. But the, she's the just question is thinking about running it. Like well, well, why the, would? But but the question. Well, she, she's 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 probably going to run it. But the question is. Is she going to train for it like a runner, or is she going to continue training for it like 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 a triathlete? She's going to continue her her triathlon career um, because she has at least one um, WTU race that's only a couple of weeks before the track trials. Or does she say, you know what, I didn't accomplish my goal of the 2020 triathlon team, and so I'm going to switch over back to my old way of running here for a little while and run entirely and up my mileage and do some more race specific 5k specific workouts and try and make another olympic team on the track i mean i think if her motive was to make an olympic team then you gotta just cut the reins on triathlon for a little bit and do some track specific stuff and i mean she's already so fit it's what it's april 7th <laughs> mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. she's just gotta tune it in a little bit for the track i don't know i mean i think why did she leave running in the first place can she negotiate those reasons and try to make a comeback in the sport does she want to be a professional runner does she want to just go to the olympics she's yeah, not I, yeah i think she's in a state of shock after this run for sure and and um, and the, the very short interviews that people have had with her afterwards they 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 kind of ask her about it like are you still going to be a triathlete now and and she's kind of like i'm thinking i don't i'm just kind of thinking a lot of things over right you know? <laughs> she's completely... because, because because yeah i mean she just like that wasn't even remotely on her radar she just thought that she was a very good running triathlete. A triathlete could beat everybody on the run. Well, she's um, a very good running, all right. <laughs> clearly, yeah. But but she she obviously is a very good swimmer and a very good cyclist as well because you know she wins triathlons too. Um, and so you know she she's one of the top ranked triathlons, short course triathlons, and uh, triathletes in the world today now. And so you know, so yeah. I mean, I think this highlights a lot of what we've been talking about for two plus years now with the shoes. I mean. It'll be interesting to see what generally these times look like for the people that come out wearing the A6 Metaspeed Sky. I mean, yeah. you can't get a pair now. They sold out, <laughs> you know, pretty much instantly, but right. the professionals have them. And we've seen, from what we've seen of the people wearing them, it's it's been pretty amazing. I mean, if you think about Sarah Hall's finish in London and this run on the roads, um, I don't know how this translates to a track shoe or what A6 has for the track, but Gosh, I think she'd be crazy to to not try to go for a spot on the track. Eric, what do you think? I think apparently she's not a high cadence runner. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, the, so therefore, the shoes work better for her. <laughs> I'd say the two hundred and fifty dollars was well spent. <laughs> Aren't they like three hundred? No, they're two fifty. Yeah. They're two fifty. So, yeah, they they list this two fifty on their site because I might have gone to their site. <laughs> oh my gosh did you buy them no uh -oh. <laughs> because they're not available yet <laughs> so they're not available until april 20th it said on the site so you know i have to give it a good couple of you know good two weeks here to 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 decide whether i want to invest in yet another pair of super shoes which i don't but i kind of also do we'll see i mean there's a lot of reasons i feel like she she, she could have decided to not run as much i mean um, you know, there, there's more money in triathlon, or at least it's easier probably for somebody like her to get uh, uh, more sponsors in triathlon. Um, she might have, frankly, had a little bit better chance of success in triathlon. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't in any way want to denigrate an Olympian, but I mean, she finished 34th in the last Olympic Games. Yeah, but and she then just she, ran and a then, 1441 5K. George. Right, right. So, so you, 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 you I don't know. I mean, is she more capable of, I mean, she, she was a European champion in triathlon last year. Um, and, and so would you rather be one of the best in the world or 40th in the world? 
or top 30. I mean, and so, so, I mean, I realize that those are ridiculous questions for us to ask because none of us are like even remotely in that realm, but, but I mean, I, I imagine that might've been part of her calculus as well. I think also it could have been simply she wanted something new, right? I mean, that's why Gwen Jorgensen did it. Um, Gwen Jorgensen just kind of wanted to try something new, wanted a new challenge and a new frontier and, and she wanted to do that. Um, and so, so I think maybe that has something to do with it as well. I really don't know. I'm looking forward to a little bit more of an interview with her here where we might be able to shed some light on that. But um, I also feel compelled to point out that if she ran this fast based on triathlon training, it does make me wonder whether she should go back to straight up traditional running training. Because this clearly works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, and, and that's something that I obviously appreciate as somebody who does a great deal of cross training. Um, but but it, it does make me wonder, like, if this clearly works so well, why would she go back to traditional running training, even if she is going to try and and be a runner? Well, I think she could still keep a lot of the cross training. I would just think that if she was going to try for a spot uh, on the track, she would want to do some specific track work probably yeah even yep. just tactical yeah. stuff and mm -hmm. you know just get some hard workouts in change your shoes spike up i don't know i'm not but i don't see any reason why change your shoes what are you talking about <laughs> okay are we gonna actually see these aces from the track there's no way well maybe right. sarah hall's running the 10k trials okay are we gonna guys are they gonna wear these on the track i don't know can they they are too aren't they too thick I don't know. I don't know. No, are, don't are, they, are, they, are they too, are they too thick for the track? Well, we, I mean, I we have to pull the specs, but yeah, I was going to say we're, we're, we'll have to, we'll have to pull up the rules and the specifications, but, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's hard to imagine. I'm really not sure. Um, I just, I, my, my point is that, that I do think that she would probably need to do some specific track work. I don't think she would need to work so much on tactics because she was a no one's going to keep up with her years. <laughs> yeah i mean and, and so i don't think the lessons that she learned from years and years of running and racing on the track are gonna will have gone away um and so i don't think she needs to to, to worry about that necessarily but but no i i i very much think that she's having so much success and and that she's clearly mentally in the right place too, which is something that's very much on our mind since we're reading Bravey here. Um, but something that she's talked about in the past a little bit, less about like mental um, uh, breakdowns and more about just the stress of competing. Um, if she's mentally and physically in such a good place by doing triathlon training that it actually gets her to the fastest that anybody's ever run a 5k on the roads. I don't know that I would switch that up. Even if she decides to switch her goals over to primarily running goals but that's okay. me so just so we're clear the meta speed sky is currently for sale it is 325 dollars. what and it is available in a men's 11 and a half but the women's are sold out where are so, you looking on a6 i know you this shoe not. released this week i was on the same site today 2021 so let's see it says estimated arrival for 2021 yeah so i'm they're out in other well. countries I'm looking at it as well. Metaspeed Sky, two hundred fifty dollars, available for. Oh, maybe I'm on the Canadian site. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, if you did the conversion, that's probably right. That's probably the Canadian dollar. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing on the Canadian ASICs site? How did you even end up there? <laughs> I I borrowed your um. Your My thing. VPN. Yes. That 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 I, that I use to watch the uh, the the live broadcast of cycling in, in Europe. Right. That is something that every good cycling fan needs. Um, all right, let's talk about one last thing here. Eric, you want to talk about music? Yeah, so I, I mentioned the run earlier um, that I did yesterday. And one of the pieces of that run was I was wearing a pair of headphones. And I don't wear headphones very often. It's, it's really something new, I think, to myself. Um, but I felt like it was or it had a part to play in that performance I had yesterday or you know, the, the not performance, I wouldn't say it was performance, but in the attitude I had during that run, the experience, the experience. And I've heard other people say, well, when I run, you know, a fast workout, I like to listen to fast music. I've heard people say, when I go do, you know, say a, a you know, like say like a, 
almost race pace, long workout. I have to, I have to listen to something that's kind of, you know, like kind of power type music. I've heard people say that Georgia's Spotify list is the worst music in the world. <laughs> and I'm you, just, you, you haven't, you haven't any, heard anybody that knows good music say that. <laughs> <laughs> so my point was, I kind of wanted to have a discussion with you two about this, because this is really something new to me. And, and I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. You know, you, you guys know a lot of runners. I, I honestly only know a couple that listen to music and, and they're more of the really recreational type runner. And I feel like they're listening to the music because that's the only thing that gets them through the run. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'm looking at it more from a, like a performance perspective. You know, I'm about to go out and do a 50 miler solo. Is that a time to, you know, put on, music to get my mind off of what's going on or is it you know I, i'm that's, i'm really kind of open to that on the track you know is that a good time to listen to music because if you're out there by yourself it might you know help you you know get that perform you know squeeze that little bit more out of the workout um so so yeah that's my question sort of posed to you and michelle discuss Michelle, do you listen to workouts or do you listen to music when you do workouts? I would say I mostly listen to podcasts, but if I am going to listen to something when I do a workout, I would choose music over a workout, over a podcast. And I got into a habit before the pandemic of actually putting in AirPods on the track. I would take some, you know, high beat playlist. Maybe George made it. Maybe he didn't. <laughs> maybe it was good. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> if George um, made it, it was good. <laughs> and I actually felt like I could get a little bit lost in the music sometimes and it, and it would help or, um, but I find it frustrating when a bunch of other people would show up and people would start to say hi or good job. And I couldn't hear them. Yeah. So I kind of stopped for now, but if I were running a 50 miler, I would have a four or six hour playlist and I would be thinking, okay, at the mile 25 mark or whatever was around the halfway point, I would probably be motivated to have that kind of keyed up and ready to go just if, you know, for some type of relief or some type of entertainment or something. Um, I might not use it. Uh, there were a lot of people at the 50K that even though headphones weren't allowed, were actually wearing them and they wore them the whole time. Um, I didn't even, it was a horrible day. I mean, I didn't have any desire or need for it, but I think knowing that it's an option, uh, you know, if it helps, then why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have never listened to music while I was outside doing a workout. Um, and that's not, it's not a safety issue, even though it is a safety issue. Um, but, but it's, but I haven't opted not to listen to music when I'm outside running and riding, um, because I was worried about safety. I just haven't. Um, and that, and that's the way that I always kind of started, I guess, when I started, you know, 30 plus years ago, I just never needed it. And I, and I think that that's, I never had the, the option either, but, um, and so, so still today, if I go for a run outside, I'm not listening to it, but if I'm inside, which as I mentioned earlier, tonight like i i i do tend to play some, something i either put in airpods if i'm running early in the morning i don't want to wake up my family or if i'm doing a bike workout i certainly listen to music during those um loud and through the speakers much to the dismay sometimes of my family who i'm waking up early in the morning um and so so what, what does it do for you though so that's that's the yeah, yeah and, that, and that's why, the question so, so so what does it do for me that i need evidently when i'm inside that i don't need when i'm outside um and, and I don't know that I know the answer to that question. Um, Michelle, you mentioned relief, which I think is I'd much I would I would consider putting on a playlist on a treadmill inside total relief. Just mm -hmm. if you can get lost in the music versus what the treadmill says in front of you, or even if I was doing a solo spin workout inside, a thousand percent, I would I would mostly I think I would choose music for a workout and I would choose uh, a show or something for an easy run. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the beat of the music and the pace of it, I mean, I, I'm not a music person, so I can't describe this very well, what it does for me, mm -hmm. but I definitely, I mean, two or three years ago, I could have said I've, I've never run with music. And now 
I have a lot of experience, I think, running with it. <laughs> well, the, the, the research on running with music um, to the degree that it is helpful and it's not helpful for everybody suggests that it lowers rates of perceived exertion, um, kind of similar right. to what caffeine does. Right. Um, and, and I, I, maybe that's kind of what's going on with it. I definitely like ha have to be picky about the music that I choose. I can't listen to slow music or something like that. Or if like a slow song comes on or a song that whose lyrics are annoying, I'll have to go to the next song. Cause I feel like that distracts me out of the flow. And so, so I'm not even totally listening to the music. And if I find myself listening too closely to the music, I'll actually change it. Um, like on a related note, sometimes people will say, oh, yeah, I was listening to your podcast while I was doing that trainer road workout the other day. And I'm like, like, how can you be listening to the podcast while you're doing that? Training? Like, Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and, yeah. and there might be somebody who's listening to this one. Like, thing, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, either you're not really listening to the podcast or you really need to be working harder on that trainer road workout. You know what I mean? Um, and so. So, yeah, I mean, for, for me, I feel like it's almost even though I spent a lot of time thinking about the music that's going to be on the playlist the music that I listen to almost has to be music that's going to fade into the background enough such that, that um, it will help me to more closely focus in on what it is that I'm trying to do um, on the effort that I'm putting in and the, the physical experience that I'm having. And, and maybe I just have a harder time doing that when I'm inside than I do when I'm outside. I tend to look at music. If I'm doing a workout inside, if it's three by 10 minutes or something, I'll say to myself, all I have to do is listen to three songs and this 10 minute piece mm -hmm. will be over. Mm -hmm. But if I was running outside in a race, it would just be literally to 15 miles is long. If you're going to be by yourself or, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I would mm -hmm. want to have it there. I mean, if you, if you liked it, if you you're comfortable with the aftershocks, you've got a playlist. I don't see any reason not to have it as an option once it, you know, once stuff gets really hard. So Eric, what is the verdict? Are you going to be wearing them this weekend? So uh, what I've decided, and I, I just decided it now, I'm definitely going to have a playlist. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a four or five hour playlist because I think what Michelle just said was a really insightful thing that have it, you don't have to use it. Yeah. Try it. If it doesn't work, shut it down. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky enough to have a watch that I could put that much music on it. I can mm -hmm. sync my Amazon playlist to it. and. Cool. And I, I, I've got a, I've got a sufficient amount of music. I, I need to figure out what kind of music that needs to be, though, because I, I certainly found that I've probably this year done about six runs with music, and the workouts, it's it's great, right? The high tempo, I have mm -hmm. a high tempo playlist, and it it does get me through that. I, I guess it 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 pushes me a little harder. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't worry so much about the the, the pace I'm running. It's more of like I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It seems easier to run those hard miles with that mm -hmm. fast paced music. But I also find that in the recoveries, I'm running faster than I should mm -hmm. because I don't have a playlist that slows down, mm -hmm. you know, with the, with the uh, workout. Mm -hmm. So my only concern would be picking the right music so that I don't go out at seven thirty pace Saturday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. but, but then I am a little curious will that help me hold my goal pace longer mm -hmm. because I'm not, I don't have that same perceived effort. I don't have that same, you know, I'm not concentrating so much on, cause I'm a very heady runner. Like, okay, how's my, how's my stride? What's going on with, you know, my arm, you know, we, we talk about my arm, like what's going on, with my arm? <laughs> like what's, what's the next, the next goal in, in distance or time what's my current pace? You know, I'm constantly thinking about all that information. I'm wondering if I can get out of that, mm -hmm. if it frees me up to perform mm -hmm. better. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. And I kind of heard that from what Michelle was saying, you were a little different. You want that to fade into the background because right. you want to be in the moment and all that. Right. And I'm also a little worried that I'll lose track of stuff. Right. I'll either go too fast or I'll go too slow. Well, see, and so. that's, and that's, I mean, and that, that's kind of what I wonder too, because, because like I said, it's, it's rate of perceived exertion, right? But, but you need to be tuned in and this is not just for a 50 mile race, even though it would be much more catastrophic if you weren't tuned in to your, to your rate of perceived exertion in a 50 mile race, but you kind of want to be tuned in to your rate of perceived exertion. Like you don't want it to be artificially lowered. Right. Right. Um, right. And so, so that, I think that's the reason why, 
like if 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 i'm listening to music i'll listen to upbeat music and i like the upbeat music um but the reason why i need it to be upbeat is because that is what's more likely to fade into the background for me um, Eric, i think if you have a playlist ready to go you'll know whether you need it or you want it and if you turn it on and it doesn't work for you you can always just turn it off no <laughs> no i have it as I an option is yeah totally i think working. And, and and i also think too um and so you said you said you're a heady runner i also do things in the opening miles of marathons in order to keep myself out of my own head i and that doesn't involve listening to music but i'll talk to the fans and the volunteers um and i'll 99 like nine bottles of beer on the list. so, so I'll, I'll talk to the other athletes which sometimes they're not all really there for you know yeah <laughs> um which which and i totally don't blame them um, that skid away marathon that I did a month ago. Um, I, I was talking to some of the people in the opening mile and, and I was in a group of like 10 people and only one of them talked back to me. He was a super nice guy. <laughs> um, but like the women's winner was, was, was in that group and, and she like had no desire to speak to me whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, none. Um, and that's fine. And that's fine. Um, but, I, but I, if, if I pass by like a KPZ athlete, um, a disabled athlete, a lot of times I'll, I'll cheer for them and stuff like that if I'm in the opening miles of a marathon. And that's a way of keeping out of my own head. And so, nice. so if, you know, and thinking about is this space too fast, is too slow, I'm hurting here. Oh, this, I, I'm worried about this, I can pain. Um, and so, so if it does that for you, then maybe that's a good thing. So. Yeah, I th you know, I, I'm going to try it. I'll see how it goes. Um, I've got a, I've got a couple of playlists already built up. I've got a couple of playlists. I got a few I've, if you want to borrow. I'm okay. I've got a couple <laughs> from some other people. I've, I've heard your music. <laughs> you've, you've, you've played your music for us. What, what, what is it with his music? It's, it's just so good. It's, it's just, just so, so good. bad. It's, it's just I weird. Would, if, so. Here's the biggest insult I can give George, but it's true. I would rather listen to the Sufferfest music than to listen to your playlist, <laughs> that is a, George. That is a <laughs> profoundly profoundly insulting thing to say <laughs> yeah no I, i'm i'm actually i'm kidding your, your your playlists are actually not so bad they're they're definitely um, uh, familiar music i think they're it's yeah. it's they tend to be it's very interesting poppy. yeah very poppy music mm -hmm. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna show a bit of you know openness here um funny enough a lot of the playlists that i have listened to over time and felt super comfortable with um, include a lot of music off of the uh, FIFA game hmm. and the video game, the video game. And it's the background music for the video game. And some of these artists became big. Some of these artists didn't become anything. Um, some of them are, you know, these one shot songs, but they all have a really good background beat. Hmm. And, you know, some of the music I would never have gone and, and found on my own and listened to, but a, a while back, I was coming up with uh, warm-up music from one of my soccer teams, and I was going through those those playlists, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, that sounded really good, but the words are so awful on that music. You know, I can't, my fourteen-year-olds can't listen. Or thirteen-year-olds can't listen to that. Right. So, so, but I that is that there's a large portion of a couple of my playlists, and but it it kind of plays into what you said. That stuff is background music. It's it's designed to be background music. It does not. It's designed to be interesting and mm -hmm. and quick, um, but it's designed to be background music. And maybe that's really what's happening for me. It's kind of settling out the background and allowing me to uh, focus on just what I need to focus on, not everything. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited about trying it. Thank you for yeah, the man. thank you for the. And I, I would I'll go ahead and say like if anybody wants to comment on that, you know, their own experience mm -hmm. with it, I would love to. You know, I might not get it before the 50 mile arm, but this is going to be an ongoing experiment for me. Maybe something that I, you know, really integrate into my racing mm -hmm. and my training. Cool, man. Very good. Very good. Final word, Michelle. I'm trying to figure out which FIFA soundtrack to add uh, on my Spotify right now, because <laughs> I'm actually looking at some of the songs and it looks pretty good for running, to be honest. Very good. So we, we, we will figure that out. Eric, last word. My last word is get the book. Get the book, Gravy by Alexi Pappas. It's 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 gonna it's gonna surprise you at times, um, and, but I I think there's a lot in there. Get the book, read it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about it later. 
Awesome. Big shout out to Morgan Van Gorder's boyfriend, Zach. We appreciate you listening. Thanks everybody else too. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, on Twitter at pleasantpodcast, or on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, so share us with your friends. Don't forget that we're sponsored by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, on Facebook at facebook.com slash itlcoachingperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. We're also sponsored by Blue Pineapple Travel, bluepineappletravel.com, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, and on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, don't forget we're sponsored by SlayRx. That's slayrx.com, facebook.com slash here for SlayRx. That's the number four, SlayRx. Twitter, at official SlayRx. And Instagram, here for SlayRx, the number four, SlayRx. Discount code PLEASANT21. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. See you next time.